Uh, Chris Rose will join us here in a second. 216-578-0092. We'll hop back into the Browns, especially talking about uh, how crucial these next couple of games are. So we'll talk about that in a minute. And Chris is uh, is a busy guy right now. He was in Vegas, <clears throat> let's see, shooting battle bots. Uh, I'm sure he I, – I can't wait to talk to him about the Guardians and his thoughts on that and where we are with the baseball playoffs right now. And, of course, his Browns are your Browns, too, because he is the pride of Northeast Ohio. So yes. uh, Chris Rose is going to join us here in just a moment. Are you surprised by the reaction that we're getting about the Browns and this just this whole crucial feeling over the next two weeks? I'm not surprised no, I, about it. It's I, just it does seem daunting, though, to think that if they don't win the next two games that the season is – you know, I don't over? want to say it. You're not going to say it. I'm not going to say it. Because strange things happen in this league. Well, you just sure. never know. Let, let's put it this way. <clears throat> if they drop the next two games and go to 2-6, and six, Andy, and you're at the bye week, there will be different people here after the bye week. Meaning what? Coordinators? Uh, you fill in the blank. Is that what you think? I mean. No, I don't think that necessarily. In fact, I can't even tell you where. I just guarantee you there will be new new people in certain places. They got to change something, right? I, I I wonder this when you because it's it's extremely odd to be in the situation they are with a quarterback right now, right? With Deshaun, like it, well, it's okay. And some I won't say the, it's unprecedented, but it's pretty darn close to one. Yeah, but normally it's injury that will keep you out this yeah. long. So, or a shorter suspension. I don't. It, is the commitment? And I'm not the the question about commitment from the players is is what has been. Talked about. I, I'm sh- no one wakes up and says, "Hey, I want to do bad today." I just I can't imagine that. Now we have had guys on the roster in the past that maybe football wasn't their thing, and they suddenly were walking into Berea every day and getting dressed as a football player, but maybe shouldn't have been. Can I bring up something from earlier that mm-hmm. that I didn't get a chance to respond to? Sure. And it was when everybody was talking about if you're a an Andrew Barry draft choice, you've got you know you have time on your hands and everything else and if those guys aren't working very hard or whatever, I, I don't – that was all kind of just thrown out there by, by some of our callers. And I, th- I think it was more just kind of like, all right, what if this is going on? If it is going on, and I don't think it is, but if it is, then they drafted the wrong kind of players. You have to, you have to draft players who are motivated to become great players. Become great individuals. You might be motivated to get drafted at that point, Jeff, but you also might get here and look at the roster and go, huh, huh, huh. yeah, but but that's but then you've drafted the wrong kind of guy. You need to draft people who want to be the best players they can be, and work toward that end. And if you don't draft those guys, then then something about your scouting department didn't work quite right. If you're drafting guys who are not motivated, those are the wrong types of guys to draft. I don't, my bigger concern about, and I hate to say it's coming down to two weeks here, but it, it's not the fact that they could walk out of this thing two and six two weeks from now. It's that, you know, that all that notion of hope and the theory of the draft helping you is going to be really under the microscope for the front office because you're not going to have a first-round pick. That's and that's coming up for a couple of years now. Yeah, but but you know, they, Andy and I, I get that you get that we understand. Your best chance of getting a great player is to take a guy early. Okay, the earlier you get a chance to get a guy, in theory, the better he is. Do teams always hit on first round picks? No, no. 
Do great players show up in the NFL in the second, third, and fourth rounds? Yes. Well, they're going to have to make sure they get it right. Yes, That's, they I are. Mean, and now it becomes more crucial than ever, especially if you're going to hang hang around and, and, and try to get those. I, like The David Bell story to me is just seems I, – I, I want that guy to get some action. I want to see him play more. Well, now see, I want to see them get him the ball. But you see you're blaming coaches for that, aren't no, you? No, I'm not blaming anybody. Okay. I want right. this. I want him to contribute. Well, I want to see what he can do, he and I don't not, feel like we ever have. He might not be ready to do that. That's the thing. You know, going into this season, I know everybody, everybody said, hey, David Bell, he's terrific at Purdue, blah, blah, blah. And just because he was our rookie wide receiver, everybody thought, okay, here we go. Well, there were like 15, 16 guys taken before him at his position in the NFL. Yeah, but that, to me, that doesn't matter. If you think you picked the best guy, it doesn't matter who's been picked yeah, before but them. We don't know that they thought they picked the best guy. Maybe the best guy went 10th. Maybe, maybe the he best was the guy best. went 11th. But maybe. he was the best available guy that they had at that, that moment. That's of, why you of took the him. leftovers. Of the guys that are, you know, of a position that had been picked over pretty well. I hope he becomes terrific, and he still could, certainly. But, you know, and, and it happens every year. Somebody comes in later and is better than so many of the guys drafted ahead of him. Could certainly still happen with David Bell. Raul is in Cleveland. Hey, Raul, what's up, man? Hey, hey, how's my favorite guys on here, man? We're good. How are you? Oh, Fats Raul, friend of the thanks. show right there. Yeah. Now you can rip us good if you want to. <laughs> Me too. Oh, double friend dilly, of the show. Dilly, dilly, dilly. My thing is, my, I had a couple of quick takes. I know you guys got something coming up. But so my thing is, I listened to, I listened to the show after you guys, uh, afternoon drive, and Nick Wilson was saying he read, you know, he, he could understand having conversations about, uh, you know, whether Stefanski was a good head coach or not, but he stood, he stood with him as a play caller. Mm-hmm. And, and for me, I mean, I, I guess I get it, but for me, you can't, you can't separate the two. I mean, a, a head coach wears many hats i mean and and like the old like the old go, like the old saying goes heavy is the head that wears the crown at the end of the day this is the boss of the locker room he's the boss of bosses when it comes to that locker room and yeah you can put some of the onus on 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 the players and the players should step up and play and and, and i mean their livelihoods are on the line not just their money but every snap you know you never know what can happen so you want to be prepared at all times to play as hard as you can but i'm old enough to remember and you guys can 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 attest to this. There there used to be a saying that a team resembled its leadership. A team looked like when we, when you saw what a team looked like, you knew what that team looked like because of his head coach. Well, just, you Raul, you could also say that starts with ownership too, right? And and here's the thing: I listened to the guys this morning, and and the guy from uh, one of one of you one of the guys, the writers or uh, an, uh, analysts from Baltimore said sob, same old Browns. That's how they feel about us in Baltimore. They ask him, how does the fans feel about us in Baltimore? And he said the word, that the, the acronym is SOB, same old Browns. And I'm starting to feel that way. And I'm just, I, I just can't scratch my, I'm scratching my head understanding what's going on. And here's one thing, and I'll let you guys go. Thanks. But Kevin Stefanski, right, we keep asking ourselves, why are they touring for? Why do they look so bad? I mean, we can go back to last year asking ourselves, why, 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 when it came to this Browns team. Kevin Stefanski has a loaded roster. This this team has really good players on it, and he's really stepping himself. He's stepping in it, and if he don't figure it out and get and get this team headed in the right direction, because sooner or later, I mean, the Y is going to have an answer to it, and the answer is going to be him out the door. Thanks for the call, bro. There you go, go Ralph. There you go. I really enjoyed his work in cinematography. 
It was good. The way he framed that one shot and then did a rack focus like 30 seconds later. Wonder what he can do with original screenplay. <laughs> How about editing and music? Brett, don't get walked off the stage. How are you, Brett in Cleveland? How are you? Thank you. How are you? Hey, uh, I just wanted to talk a little bit about this defensive uh, lack of communication that John Johnson highlighted. You know, this is stuff I know that it, usually things like this would get figured out in the preseason. They I didn't agree. do much of a preseason, you know. So now it just seems like it's being like, you know, strung out here and going into these regular. Wait, regular pre- but the, the 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 timing of preseason hasn't changed. It's just the number of games. Is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, and, and like they're not that maybe they weren't taking it as seriously. Oh well, that's not but, good. If that's true, that's yeah. bad. Well, that's yeah, real bad. I, I agree, and I and I think. You know, Joe Woods, he doesn't – I don't know if he's being protected by the team. He doesn't give a lot of press conferences or he doesn't say a lot. Yeah, he does. He does but, every press conference he has to. He meets once a week with them. We just okay. don't run those, that's all. He just doesn't seem like he's kind of like that rah-rah, fiery guy either. You know, like you see on the – you know, when some of these coaches on the sidelines to get in the players' faces if they're not performing his scheme. So I don't know if, if that's something they need, maybe like a, a culture change in, in that sense, because you do have a lot of young guys out there too. True. So as somebody who has more of a of a, a presence, like a, like a leader, and I don't know if they have it with the players within that locker room. It doesn't seem like there's anybody that you know protrudes any leadership skills. Maybe Miles Garrett to a degree, but he's kind of does his own thing. Uh, John Johnson. I mean, I, I'm glad he brought it up actually. Because yeah, at least, and, and, at, you know, at least it, it got brought out in the open. Yeah, know? Brett, thank you. I, again, I'm not going to say that Kevin Stefanski didn't want that out in the open. That's a little conspiracy theory. Though, well, no, it? what I'm saying is, though, if your head coach is telling the leaders of the team, look, we need to make sure everyone's focus is laser focused, right? You can't be seeing butterflies off on the side. you got to make sure that you're laser. hitting all your marks there, right? And laser. you got to make sure that everything is the way that it's been mapped out. And maybe we have some young guys that are going a little bit rogue here, or maybe we have some older guys that, you know, they're set in their ways and they're not, you know, they're here to play. They're not here to coach or, or guy. Like, I don't have a problem. Like, I, I don't like when teams bring in, like, oh, we brought in this veteran and he's essentially a coach. No, especially the Browns. Like, they've got a coach for everything. I need guys that want to play first and not that aren't here to be coaches. Now, you could be a great leader. And take a young guy under your wing and say, okay, again, here are the bathrooms that way. I get that. That's good. That makes you feel welcome and makes you a part of the team. That's but I don't boy. need players to be coaches. I need them to be players. Down the hall, turn to your left. What a leader. <laughs> <sighs> Eric in Akron. <laughs> Hi, Eric. Hi, Eric. How's it going, guys? Good. So uh, I just heard the most ridiculous statement I think I've ever heard on this station, which is, Comparing Tom Landry to Kevin Stefanski. It's not what we did, Eric. That's not what he said. He didn't listen very well. He was just talking about records. Well, I guess my question is, is when is it coaching? Because we all agreed at the beginning of this season, we have a whole heck of a lot more talent than two and four. So at what point is it coaching? You sure we have have more talent than that? I, I mean, I guess that's fair. I, maybe, maybe we don't have as much. But yeah, I thought, Eric, I thought so we good. did too. And I I'm think wonder, we all I'm wondering. Did. I'm wondering. I don't know. I mean, we, we knew there were going to be question marks talent-wise 
on the defensive interior, right? I don't think there's anybody that knew this team at all. I just think we thought the secondary was so good that it would cover up the 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 problems that we would have up on the line. And and you didn't think you'd have problems on the line because you got Clowney and Garrett there, but they still have but to stop the run. I, I guess where I hesitate to call it a talent problem and I lean more towards a coaching problem is because of the fact that they were so good last year and it was virtually the same group. And th- this is what makes it all the more confusing. I, I heard at one point that at a point last year, we were like top five. Now we're almost last in the league and it's almost the same exact unit. Like the whole thing's very puzzling. Agreed. And somebody mentioned something about leadership, you know, say what you want. We're missing that emotional fiery guy in the locker room, uh, a la Jarvis Landry. And I know this show's a big fan of him, but Baker, like we need that guy to get in somebody's butt and yell at somebody. I like We don't have it right now. Gotcha. Okay. Thank you, Eric. You're listening to the crisp sounds of Baskin and Phelps as we play callers off the air. (laughs) I I mean, clearly I liked Baker last year, but uh, uh, some of the things have shown that the injury is probably a complete fan. And he struggled this year. But he's played, he's had some really great moments. As a Browns quarterback. All right, a little more Browns. I do want to talk about the Guardians and where we're going in the future with them, too. So we'll do that. Um, Chris Rose couldn't make it, by the way. Got stuck in a big meeting. Big meeting. Maybe we'll find out what that meeting is about. You can't boo Chris Rose. Baskin and Fowler getting stuck in a meeting. Booing a meeting. I'm booing a no, meeting. No, you were booing Chris. And I'm hey, everybody. I'm booing a meeting. I, I normally would never do this because I know we don't talk. What was that song coming back from break? Gorillas, Dirty Harry. Okay. It's cool stuff, man. That's a great band. Uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm Jeff Phelps and I'm having microphone issues. It's a great band. Oh, it is. Did you just turn off my mic? No, your mic oh, was you off. Never had you it didn't on. turn it on. Did, did you not hear me talk about the tickets? Right, I, yeah, I'm like off. the only one that could hear you. Me and, oh, did I turn and it Medigan. Off? Yeah, you yeah. turned it off. You went the wrong know. way. Maybe I had to sneeze. I don't know. Things happen so quickly on this show. You just I, never know. I just feel like we're moving so fast today. 216-578-0092. 216-578-0092. That's the number to call. Or, as always, hit us up on Twitter. All right, so uh, we've had a little time to decompress. Tomorrow's big press conference for the Guardians, isn't it, Dan? It's at 2 o'clock tomorrow. Big, yeah, they're going to Chris Antonetti, Mike Chernoff, right? Oh, yeah. Be good. These guys. Be good. Do a great job, man. So, you know, we're, we're kicking around what the future looks like for this team. And, again... Uh, I, I this team, if there's ever been a team that's earned your respect throughout a season, or at least my respect, they 100% earned it this year. I mean, no one expected anything. Some bad vibes going into the season up until Ramirez signs his deal, right? And then things kind of changed a little bit. So, Of all the years that, that we've been following this team mm-hmm. where they didn't have incredible success kind of toward the – you know, for instance, didn't get to the World Series, right? right? Whatever. It's been one of my favorite years ever. Watching this baseball team. It's a feel-good story, yeah, right? It'll really still is. be a feel-good story next year. Yep. Um, it is interesting to look at the contracts moving forward on this team. Yep. And I, I think this will be some of the stuff that will come up tomorrow because there really isn't a lot of money committed down the road other than Jose Ramirez, Miles Straw, and Emmanuel Classe. Um, you know, Ramirez signed the big deal. He's good through 2028. Straw uh, is good through 2027. Classe, and his contract's really reasonable. Friendly. Yeah, it's very friendly. Which means could be trade bait, too. I'm, he maxes out in 2025 at uh, – no, I'm sorry, in 2026 
at 7.4 million, and then 2027 it drops back to 1.75 million. And then Class A, um, same kind of deal. Where in 2026 he he maxes out at 6.4 million and then drops back to 2 million in 2027. But I mean, the the only name that is you know if they want it to be guaranteed through 28 as of right now is Jose Ramirez, and then Straw would be done in 27. Class A also in 27. And then you look down the road at all these one-year contracts they have. Like Bieber is at six million next year, and then he's got two years of arbitration. And Jeff and I were talking about wouldn't it be nice if they could just buy out his arbitration years? Isn't Bieber arbitration right going into this? Next yeah, season? I'm sorry, it was six yeah. million this year. My yeah. bad, my bad. Yeah, yeah. and then arbitration and over the, the next two they, years. They, they have hardly anybody under contract next year. Three guys. I mean, well, other than the, I mean, the arbitration thing. So you've got so. a tie to them, right? You can, yeah, you can keep them. Uh, Rosario arbitration hedges is a free agent. Uh, Brian Shaw. Oh, he's off the roster already. Uh, Cal Quantrill, uh, arbitration. He's got three years of arbitration. This is according to baseball reference. Yeah. Yeah. This is all on baseball reference. Correct. Uh, Naylor's in the same boat, three years of arbitration. I, I like, you know, we were talking about this with these guys that have multiple years of arbitration before they come a free agent. And, And like the thing I love about this organization, I've always loved about it. Um, except for Bauer, who and they rarely go to arbitration. Mm-hmm. Rarely, and there was a they had a string of like years where they didn't go to arbitration. Why? Because they don't want to tell a player what he's doing wrong or where he's bad. And by the way, you know, as Bauer found out, it wasn't even them that was in the room. Like Bauer did it as a game. Bauer wanted to go to arbitration because he wanted to hear how his current front office was going to rip him into making less money, and then when he got to the meeting, he found out it was folks from MLB that were in the arbitration meeting and not even folks from Cleveland. So I love their approach to arbitration. They don't want it. They don't want to tell you, you know, what you're doing wrong, and they don't want to use your stats against you, and they don't. They want you to be happy while you're here. And they'll do whatever they can to not go to arbitration. It has been one underlying theme that I love about our front office. And that goes all the way back to John Hart, doesn't it? I'm assuming. Or when yeah. you know, we got into this whole arbitration thing yeah. anyway. Um, but when you look at that roster and what they have moving forward, I'll ask both of you guys this too. Does that scare you or does that give you flexibility moving forward into the future? Also knowing that you now have um, minority owners in the team and you know who knows what the ownership group is going to look like coming up down the road. Yeah, and that's – that's so far down the road to me. Andy. Is it? I don't know. It feels like it is to me. I think we're Only gonna, because we haven't heard a whole lot about yeah, it. Yeah, I think we're going to start to get some clarity on that. You know the thing the I, I like about this, though? At the beginning of this season, I think I think we thought, I, I think I thought anyway, there were two positions on this team that I thought were locked up. That was it. Center field third base. and third base. And now as we head into next season... I think there are five positions locked up, and, and I'm including DH in that. So you've in, you've increased that a lot, and I don't think center field is one of them. And I and I like Miles Straw. I think he's got a great glove, but his bat wasn't good this year. Mm-hmm. But you that had, could be corrected, though. You had no clue what was going on in left field. You had no clue what was going on in right field. And I, I didn't mean clueless. I mean just we didn't mean. I just mean who was who was it going to be? I didn't know. Hey, here, here's this Stephen Kwan fellow who is not one of the more highly regarded prospects in the organization. Well, guess what? Lock him in. Put him in there. He's done. He's in center field or left field. In right field, 
Well, if you don't start Oscar Gonzalez out there next year, I think that's a disservice to everybody. I would think Oscar is your right fielder. And I, I think there are question marks at second base and shortstop. And there now you might decide to do something different at second base and shortstop. But why? Ahmed Rosario was terrific. His glove might not be gold glove caliber, but Andres Jimenez's glove is at second base, and his bat was terrific. I, I think you start next season with those two guys up the middle, so you bring them back. You have Jose at third. Your, your questions are, can you upgrade center field without killing your defense? And, and that's that's critical. Mm-hmm. You know, Miles is really good with a glove. And if he can get better with a bat and maybe get back to what he was and build on that, okay, well, whatever. I wouldn't mind seeing somebody else. At first base, who's it going to be? You want Josh Naylor out there all the time? I, I don't know that you do. You want a platoon? Nothing against Owen Miller. He was a terrific guest when he was on our show. He's a real versatile player. I don't want Owen Miller playing first base. I, I didn't think he was very good defensively there, and I don't think his bat is big enough to play first base. And catcher? Bo Naylor ready? You going to bring back Hedges? He was ready enough to be on the roster for the playoffs. Yeah, I know. I thought that was interesting. I would think you could bring back, and and Maley was terrific too. You're Mm -hmm. only going to keep two of those guys. Right. You know, I would think you bring back Bo Naylor, and and he gets an opportunity to probably split time with edges. I I love the fact that they weren't scared to play the young guys. Yeah. It took a while. I think it took a little while. Yeah. Um, Is that Josh Naylor and somebody else, Gabriel Arias, who you may rotate in at first base? mm -hmm. You know? And do you go get a bat that might be able to play first base and or DH? You know, that's the question. Owen Miller is utility guy? Great. That's fine by me. I'd, I'd love to have him on this team. I just don't want him playing frequently. Um, I'm going to take a phone call, then I want to ask you about Bieber and Bieber's contract here in a second. Let's go to Tom in Twinsburg. <clears throat> Hi, Tom. Hi, how are you guys doing? Good, Hello, how are Tom? you? I'm doing great, thanks. Thanks for taking my call. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got a couple state quick statements and then a question for you. Number one, I've been a big Indian fan. Yeah, I still call them the Indians. Um, I grew up, um, my favorite players were Buddy Bell. It was my first autograph. Oh, there you go, 25. At okay. J.C. Penny, Penny, at J.C. Penny at State Road Shopping Center in the Pauls. And then uh, Dwayne Kuyper was my favorite player. I, I just loved his defense, and he was just a heck of a player. And Charlie Spikes, the way Mike K. Grant. There you say. go. I love By the Charlie way, Sp- I, want I got shoes. Ray Fossey's autograph at State Road Shopping Center in the Falls. Well, you guys at, may at have Penny's. run into each other there. Where'd you go to high school, Tom? Yeah. Oh, here we go. Chicago Falls. Okay. Woodridge guy here. And Did you guys Charlie meet at the Caramel Spikes, Corn no, place keep there, going. too? No, I was hoping you guys met at the Caramel Corn. Okay, go ahead. Sorry. Hey, quick, real quickly, Charlie Spikes, uh, uh, Mike K. Grant. Come okay. on, Charlie. Okay. And then... Um, my question is to you is, um, everyone, I hope people start coming out to the games next year. It was sickening to see this team with five to 6,000 people in there. And I know it gets cold in the winter. I'm in the spring there. Got to sell um, some season tickets here. Hopefully they did that during the playoffs and got this, this city on its feet. But, you know, when you get those well, been, low numbers, a lot of it starts with season tickets. Yeah, I've been a, I was a season ticket holder for nine years. And in um, – my last question is to you is, um, number one, um, I'm worried about um, Tito Francona. The reason why I said earlier in the season, I think there was a state, I can't exactly remember what he said, but it seemed like he was starting to wear on him the job. 
and this season had to be a little bit stressful for him. Do you think he'll come back next year? Yes. I just have this weird feeling that he won't. I hope he does. Well, as long as he's healthy, he's back. That's I think so. I mean, look, I don't know, and thank you for the phone call. I think he does. I, I don't know of a better situation for a manager, especially when you think about, and I'll even go back to him coming over from Boston, right? I mean, that was, for all the things he did in Boston, it was super stressful when he left. He walked into a situation where he had a front office that respected him. It was a and, sweet spot here. Yeah, and these guys, there's synergy there that I don't know that many teams have. And it was great for the front office to have him as manager. That It's a real, a real good group. And they work well together. I don't. I like the fact, and it seemed like he lightened up a little bit on playing younger guys this year, didn't it? Well, he didn't really have a choice. Well, I know, but it worked out that <laughs> way, didn't it? It's okay. You know, sometimes maybe, maybe we just uh, learn how to conform. And I, I, I don't know. I, he's a gem. He is. Uh, you know, no matter what you think about the other night and who they pitched, and maybe if he should have, you know, went back and had, did a replay you know, for what this season was worth, I'll, I'll forget about that in about a week. I've already forgot about it because you know why? Apparently not because you just brought it up. Everybody knows how to manage a baseball team and everybody knows how to cook a good steak, right? Dick Jacobs. There you go. All right, let's come back. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about the Guardians. We'll hop into this conversation a little bit more. And, huh, how about your Cavaliers? Jeff's got some insight for you. Next, Baskin and Phelps.